Gospel this day, a reading from the book of St. Matthew in the first chapter. And now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Look. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife. But he had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus, the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. the other point of view that's what we're doing this morning is the other point of view this is joseph's side of the equation and you'll notice there are some striking things happening here that matthew records that we don't think about a whole lot because this is not what you're going to hear christmas eve Christmas Eve, you will hear the reading from the Gospel of Luke. First, you will notice that we have discovered that Mary is pregnant, and therefore, I've got to get rid of her. Now, you'll notice the way it's phrased. This has nothing to do with the virgin birth. Because, see, the virgin birth is not an issue. You got that? It's perfectly usual. We have Greek gods. We have Roman gods. And all those families of gods, they are all interactions with humans in between gods and humanity and so forth, perfectly normal. And if you want to push it a little further, I would direct you even to Genesis chapter 6, where we have a very interesting passage. But that whole discussion is a Bible study in itself. I'm not going to get into it. No, you got to go look, okay? Um, you will find what I mean, though, in that chapter. That's how early it is. So there's, there's no big deal about this. The big deal is about it violates the laws and customs we have. So, like, for example, there's none of this here living together or that'll get you reactions. There's none of this having a whole bunch of children without the benefit of marriage. That'll get you reactions. There's none of this. There's a whole set of rules. 
including ones that have to do with who you can have relationships with. The big fancy word that I and my colleagues get to use is we get to enforce the laws of consanguinity. There's your big word for the day. In other words, you can't mess with your auntie, you can't mess with your uncle, and anybody close like that. That's what that huge word means. But you see, this is not about that. This is about the fact that she's pregnant in another manner. So, well, I'm going to be kind to her. I'm going to be gentle with her. And then what happens is the second opposite. Angel shows up. Notice two things. An angel. I didn't say Gabriel. Didn't say Michael. Didn't say any of the major hitters that are angels of the four archangels. An angel shows up and says, no, don't do it. It's okay, we got this. We're all good. Marry her. Go ahead. And here's the third one that's opposite. And he does it. Now, what I mean by opposite is this, dear friends. If you look at the reaction of the relatives, I'm talking Elizabeth and Zechariah and Luke chapter 1, they have the other side of the equation. You'll notice that Zechariah is a, is a good male. He hears from an angel, happens to be Gabriel. He hears from this angel, and he goes, Nah, I'm not so sure about using this name, John. It's not part of the family. And the angel goes, Okay, here's your consequence. You get to zip it for nine months, fella. Oh, it's that's such a picture for guys like me who are preachers. You open your mouth, nothing comes out. Nine months? Oh, that's a long time. Pamela says, yeah, you should try it. <laughs> the opposite reaction. So he can't say anything at all about it, and he winds up naming his child John anyway. Just as this child is named Jesus, which doesn't follow either, because Jesus is not a family name. You have to name the kids after family members. We hadn't thought about that, but our youngest son, whom some of you know, he's named after a great-great-grandfather of mine, Christopher. It follows in order. Everybody's fine with it. When you step out of the boundaries, that's not going to fly very far amongst a whole bunch of folks. But you'll notice also this, that the reaction of Elizabeth... And Zechariah has started out with us being older. See, you have two sides of the same coin, dear friends, when you look at it. You have Elizabeth and Zechariah who are old people. You know, we're pushing 40. Yeah, I know, that's going to get a smile in this room, and especially out of a guy like me. I remember 40. On the other hand, you have Joseph and Mary, and Mary, as far as we know, is a teenager. Two opposite ends of the pole. Two entirely different reactions. And here's what's at the bottom of it. God says, I'll bless all of it. All of it. I will bless this child of yours, John the Baptist. I will bless this child who is my son. Watch what they're going to do. And it's amazing 
what they do in their lives. If you really want to see it, take a look at the thought for the day on the newsletter. I tripped over that, and I thought, this is way too precious to keep. It is beautiful. Because still to this day, the homeless have the story told in every household that I know about. Because all you got to do is mention Christmas, and people start wondering what that's about. Now we're nearly done. We're almost finished. And we either have one of two reactions going. The one reaction is, all right, we're good. When's church? Things are organized. We're all set. And we know how many beds we're going to need and how many sets of linens and how many in-laws, outlaws, by-laws, everybody coming. We know all that. Or we know that we're going someplace. All of that's in order. That's on the one hand. On the other hand, it may look like my household used to. My father used to drive my mother crazy. He believed that you did not go Christmas shopping before the evening of December 23rd. Preferably, you'd leave it till the day of the 24th, and the later in the day, the better. I finally asked him one day what he was doing, and he said, oh, you don't realize the really interesting stuff you get that's left and how you can really get a good bargain for it. And I went, ah, yes, indeed. I should have known better. I mean, he was trained as an accountant all his life. That's how it went. But either way, friends, it doesn't matter because God's about to say, I'm here. God's about to say, I've arrived. God's about to say, are you listening? Because I have things to say. Pay attention. And what's really interesting is it's our job to make sure that we remember those things that flow out of that. Like the 12 days of Christmas is not just a nice song that was created. There's a good reason it's 12 days, because it's 12 days from the time Jesus lands until we're going to celebrate the next event in his life. And that's important to remember. And no, I'm not going to ask you to run through all 12 days and see if you can do them backwards. Some of us have done that in the past. But what's important is that we're ready for this child, this baby, this unexpected present arriving in our lives and in the world as we work for the kingdom. Amen.